Hey, welcome to Hot Takes. I'm your host, James Scott, here to analyze anything and everything interesting. Let's dig into today's topics. Let's go. <laughs> so, uh, big news, big news. Uh, we know we've put out in front of you the entire player list, okay? The entire thing, you know? Uh, which is, you know, the top 200 plus about 35 honorable mentions in there, right? So I went into opening week and I was like, okay, well, this is cool. Let me go watch all these different teams. And I've been more psyched about baseball than I've been in a very long time, probably because of the WBC. Um, but I was like, okay, you know, let me watch this game, watch this game. So I wake up, I put the TV on, I just go from game to game, you know? And it's just been an unbelievably exciting week. And I've had a lot of chances uh, to do work, obviously, seeing um, a lot of these guys, their approaches, their swings, the, what's happened to the, you know, their, their body composition. Um, and I, I, I ended up looking at my list and I realized, you know, I'm a completionist. Uh, I'm the type of person where, you know, I like to spread my, my web far and wide to collect as much data as I can. And then I, I bring in the most promising. Now, within that process, you end up coming across guys who have mountains of potential. But, you know, the things that are in the way are, say, um, uh, you know, um, maybe they're 17 years old or we don't have any data on them because, you know, they, they, they haven't played yet or, or, you know, any sort of different things. Right? There's a lot of different things. Um, that you can look at and, and, and scrutinize about the talent that's on the edge. And I realized, you know, uh, when you have players that are in double A AA and triple A, and you have players who are really doing well in high A or even A ball in general, that is a level where at least on to a certain degree, data is very relevant. But if you have a guy in rookie ball or a guy in like the complex league or extended spring training or something like that, the data is, it's, in, insanely incomplete. So unless you're somebody who's, you know, already insanely well regarded before you're at those levels, say, you know, Jackson Holiday, you know, top of the draft last year, um, there's just an inherent amount of risk um, to someone at that age. Unless you're regarded universally on that level, um, it's very, very risky for a lot of those guys uh, as far as panning out goes. So what I figured was, all right, let me look at this. Let me look at the guys who are really on the fringe and let me see if I can designate tiers because that's kind of how talent works. It's very hard um, unless you're talking about the very, very top to be like, okay, well, who's better, you know, a tier that has, you know, Jason Hayward in it or a tier that has, you know, Evan Longoria in it, you know, this is not going to be too much separating the two of them, they're going to be roughly within the same tier at this point in their careers and, you know, with, with who they are right now. Um, and because of these tiers, you'll have, okay, there's maybe not that much separation between random numbers, 83 and 102 or something like that. You know, maybe there's not that much separating those two because they're all in a tier. Well, I figured out that the farther you get out, obviously, and this would make sense from the top of the list, the bigger the tiers get. And when you're far out from the list in the 200 player range, there is a tier, a massive tier 
that it exists somewhere between the 220th player all the way down to somewhere in the high 170s. It's a massive tier, massive, massive tier. Uh, a good 50 players deep, as you can see. Um, so in discovering that, as I was going through the tiers, I realized that if I just shave off the back tier, the list goes from a 235 list straight down to 165. So I started working on it. And, you know, there's probably, you know, there was, there was exceptions within that tier. Cause I, again, you got to be really sure before you eliminate someone. So going through it, it took me a bit, um, but I shaved the list down to 165 players. It's the shortest the list has ever been. Um, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be posted on uh, my Saber Scouts page, which is something I'm going to be getting up and running again this year. Oh, saberscouts.com. Literally, I bought I bought the domain the I bought the the domain name. Um, but you know, again, it's not going to really be an active site for quite a few more weeks, but. This is the year that we're bringing it back, and the player list is going to go on there. And whenever there's an edit, it's going to go back up on there. So uh, we're gonna we'll remind you. So it's not like you know, oh, I got to write down the site. It, we'll we'll talk about it more in the future. But um, the idea is eventually, and I, I don't know if it's possible, but I would love to get the list down to a hundred, because as you all know, a hundred is probably the most appealing number. Um, if you're going to look up, you know, top players or top anything, really, people are more interested in these numbers. They're interested in fives, threes, well, three, okay, threes, fives, tens, fifteens, twenty fives, fifties, seventy fives, one hundred, and then beyond that, the closest thing to a round number that people like outside of hundred, two hundred, three hundred, you know, you could say two fifty, right? But um, maybe 125, um, but it's then a jump from 125 to 250 as far as well-rounded numbers. Um, you, could, you could say 200, but 200 is really edgy for like as far as a number that people like to seek. So if I can get it down to a 100, um, I think it makes it easier for you guys to compare it to other people's lists. So all the you know, if, if most people's lists are 100, then let's, you know, let's compete with the, with the field. I'll do what I can. Um, so quickly, just to give some updates on who's off the list, who's on the list, um, it's a pretty it's a pretty big grouping. So I'm going to try and go quickly here. On the list: Brian Reynolds, Jason Hayward, uh, Laureus Guriel, uh, Gavin Lux, even though he's going to miss the whole season, Austin Wells, Joe Adele, um, Brandon. Well, no, Brandon Nimmo. He went on the list. He came right back off the list. Um, He's a guy who I thought was going to decline for a while, and the only reason he's doing well this year is walks. So um, he came off the list. He went back on and came off the list. That's why his name's here. Um, it, like I said, you've got to be absolutely sure. You've got to be absolutely sure. And with guys who have a performance record like Nimmo's does, uh, he he's a guy who I have to I have to seriously consider. If I know that it's that he's at that point, I have to know. I have to really know. Uh, Ramon Laureano. Ramon Laureano ended up making the list. Uh, Josh Lowe ended up making the list. Um, let's see. Uh, here we go. Um, Dylan Cruz from this coming draft, he 
stayed on the list. Ledbetter stayed on the list. Uh, Murakami from Japan stayed on the list. Um, Christian Bethencourt, he's on the list, uh, like solidly on the list. Um, uh, let's see. Vaughn Grisham from the Honorable Mentions is on the list. Uh, Brandon Crawford on the list. Um, I still think he's got it in him. I mean, the fact that he's working the count so much this year, I think he's going to be able to rewind things to uh, his 2021. Maybe not exactly his 2021, but close close enough to matter for a lefty in the league without the shift. Um, let's see. Max Muncie is really the edge of the list. He's like player 165. So he might be off the list by the next time we talk. Um, Ty France is on the list. Uh, funny, Cody Bellinger is on the list. Um, he's never going to be the hitter that he used to be, but he's a good defender. He's a lefty. He has speed. He's probably going to hit league average, and that by itself is fine. So I was, I was, I was, I was digging him because he's never going to be middle of the order. But being a decent defender in center field who can run the bases and hit league average while being a lefty has value in its own right. Uh, Austin Hayes, he, what's going on with his swing is very similar to what, what went on with Ty France's swing. Um, and Ty France has kind of been able to bring back a lot of components. Um, I thought he was only going to hit lefties. He's showing that he's probably going to hit everyone. Um, whereas most of the other people on, on Seattle that I thought were only going to hit lefties are basically only hitting lefties. Um, we have Luis Arias. He jumped onto the list. He's figured out how to hit for power somehow with his weird swing that he gets jammed on all the time. Somehow he's found out to hit how to hit for power with it. I don't know how long that's going to last, but given his skill set, I mean, contact is not exactly an issue for him. So um, Verdugo jumped onto the list. He has a well-rounded enough profile where he should stay on the list. You know, he's not going to be, unusable versus lefties, although he won't really hit them as well as righties, but he's got range. He's got a throwing arm. He's got health. Uh, he's got great contact ability. doesn't really strike out. He's got a decent eye of the strike zone. He's going to at minimum hit for doubles power. Um, people say that he has an attitude, which works in two ways. It's hard to coach people who have an attitude, but and it's hard to play with people who have an attitude, but people who have an attitude that tick your team off probably tick the other team off too. So if you're making the other team feel uncomfortable, there is that. Um, Brent Rooker. Rooker was a guy who he's been in the farm for a while. He's been in the minors for a long time. He's always had big power, always had big power. Um, but last year he absolutely lit the high minors on fire. Uh, Oakland took a chance on him and it looks like it's panning out. The numbers that he put in the minors look like they're translating. Um, I think I overlooked him because he's not a prospect anymore. You know, if you're looking at guys who are former prospects, a lot of them don't get sent back down. They, they get given chances over and over. Rooker got sent back down and he proved he's ready for AAA and he's proving that it's transitioning to the big leagues. Do I love Rooker? No. Is he going to hit for power for probably at least a year? Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of guys on the list are going to be great for one season and then become league average, like Alec Burleson of the Cardinals, for instance. Um, okay, what else we got? What else we got? Uh, 
I think that's all the players that jumped onto the list. Okay. Now for the subtract subtractions, and this is going to be a long one. Miguel Blees, he has not played stateside, just signed internationally. I know that a lot of people who are big names in the sport are like, whoa, he's going to be really good. I cannot say that until I've seen him play at all, let alone in rookie ball or anything. He's not played. Um, Christian Vaquero, um, very far away. There are concerns with the swing mechanics. He's got a great body. He's got a football body. But it might be better for football if the mechanics are as worrisome as I'm seeing. Um, we have Joey Gallo coming off the list. He was a guy who I added to the list because I was pretty sure that I had misread him. Um, because the first year with New York, he was so bad. But the truth is, is he's always been a Chris Davis. As much as I would have loved for Gallo to jump back onto the list, I think he's that type of guy, similar to Chris Davis, where there's strikeouts and there's walks, and there's such a degree of power um, that it, I think it hides some things. Um, I think that um, with Chris Davis, the fall-off happened so fast that most people couldn't see it coming. Because there was a lot of little things going. And then finally the last piece and then the whole entire tower fell down. You know, that's kind of what we're seeing with Joey Gallo's offense. I would love for him to have a great year. Likelihood is extremely low. I think that he offensively is kind of cooked. Um, I'd love to be wrong. Absolutely love to be wrong there. Uh, Jace Young taken in the draft. He's an interesting player, but you got to remember, this is a guy whose only value is the bat. And haven't been taken in the draft, not gotten you know, nearly enough uh, data, especially good data. Um, he, he, he has potential of being a guy who's going to be a middle-of-the-order first baseman down the line. But the level of risk, he is not on the list. Uh, Joey Weimer, big physical guy. The swing and miss plus the handedness, um, major risk. He's off the list. Um, Jeff McNeil. I wanted to have Jeff McNeil on the list so bad because I like guys who get on base, hit for average, move all over the diamond. But the beginning and the end of the day, the power is just not there. Um, and I don't, I don't think that the batting average last year is ever going to come back. Um, I think Jeff McNeil is, he's going to let down a lot of people and it's not because he's not a good ball player. It's because he's not ever going to be able to hit for power anymore. You know, he has use. You know, you move him all over, make him a utility player. Maybe he can play center. You can, you know, get him back on the list if he becomes a great center fielder or something like that. Or, you know, maybe you put him in a platoon with Escobar and, you know, you get, you know, World Series value out of that platoon. You know, it's not like you can't win a World Series with that. It's not like you can't win a World Series with Jeff McNeil, period. It's just he's not, you know, David Fletcher hits for no power at all. But David Fletcher is a fine ball player. So, but you do need to hit for a certain degree of power to have a certain degree of impact. And I don't think there's any power there. I don't think there's going to be very much batting average there either, to be fair. I think you're probably looking at a guy who's going to hit 285, which is perfectly fine. Not 330. Um, also off the list, the other of the Youngs, we have Jace Young and we have Josh Young. Um, Josh Young is big league ready. Josh Young is hitting at the big leagues. Josh Young should probably be eventually a first baseman, and Josh Young already has issues hitting righties, which his swing mechanics kind of make that a thing. 
So, yeah, he's producing. Yeah, he's at the big leagues. Yeah, he's at third base. Third base is not for long. And if you're looking at his offense, pull up the splits. Almost all of it is versus lefties. And that's the case. If you have, if you have swing mechanics like that, you're going to have to change them if you're going to hit more than lefties. They said that he changed his swing mechanics in the minors, which means they're not a really high likelihood that he changes his swing mechanics again. That's usually something that people only do once, and then if it doesn't work, they don't play around with it again. Um, so he's off the list. Nimmo, like I mentioned, is off the list. Peyton Graham. Peyton Graham is not a player that I'd like to take off the list, but he's so far away from the big leagues. And there's so much risk with that profile. Um, like, it, it, let's say he doesn't stay at short, but the offense never fully comes through. He's not going to hit enough for third. You know, it, what happens if he only hits lefties? You know, uh, there's, I do like the swing, but it's too far away. There's too many different things um, that can happen. Um, it's way, way too many. Um, Christian Yelich, uh, he's been a guy whose ground ball percentage has been going up, like, basically every year for the last five years. He stopped that so far early this season you know he's hitting more balls in the air however he's traded ground balls and not all of them he's still hitting the ground the ball on the ground a lot but he's traded a good deal of ground balls for the uh the ability to strike out more than almost any player in the sport his strikeout rate is in the 30 percent range so do i like that he's driving the ball more yeah um but how long is it sustainable? You know, this is a new approach that the league doesn't know. He's already striking out 31% or so of the time. Um, if your ground ball percentage keeps going up and up and up, and then all of a sudden out of the blue, when you haven't been that type of strikeout guy, your whole career at like 34, 35 years old, 33, 34 years old, I think actually, um, these are not good signs. These are really not good signs. These are, I'm going to do some sort of desperation move so I can hopefully keep hitting. Um, if he had made this move a few years ago, then maybe we'd be talking about some sort of you know, potential here, but I, I don't see it. I don't see it. I think that this is, he's trying to stay good. I think this is the, 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 the what do they call it? The death throws or the, you know, just it, this is, this is it, you know? Um, maybe this is what they call a dead cat bounce year, which is a fantastic baseball term for a player who's basically been seen as cooked and pushes one last time before the end, like for all intents and purposes, it sounds really silly to talk about a legendary season like Pujols last year, but his performance was a dead cat bounce. He, for that one last year, that one last push was old Pujols. Um, I, I, maybe this is Yelich's dead cat bounce, but I, I, I think he's just cooked. I think he's just trying whatever he can do and, Hopefully it'll work long-term. I don't think so. Um, Kiber Ruiz came off the, lead, the list. Um, too much risk. Um, at least, like, the profile is never going to give you base running. He's a catcher. Um, there's certain degrees of defense that he's just not going to give you either. He's not hitting yet. Off the list. Um, Tyler O'Neill off the list. Hits mainly lefties. Doesn't really have too many other great skills. Um, Kevin Parada off the list. I don't think he's going to stay at catcher. Um, I think that every, he's already been moved to the outfield for the Mets. So it's not even, I think that he can't stay at catchers that the Mets know he can't stay at catcher. So they're playing him in the outfield. Um, 
Jorge Soler, another guy who's got a very subtle decline. I think I, I talked briefly um, about why he's officially off the list. He was kind of in, in a neutral territory. He was on the honorable mentions, the edge of it. He's officially off the list. I gave him an opportunity. Most of his numbers recently are versus lefties. Yeah. Um, MJ Melendez, he's striking out over 39% of the time. I know that expected statistics like him, but if you're striking out 40% of the time, I'm sorry, I can't buy in. Um, Dylan Cup, there's not enough physicality for a high school prospect of his kind to be profiling on this list. He's got coordination, but the size is a massive concern. Um, Joey Manesis, 31-year-old playing his first full year at the big leagues while being a righty who doesn't offer defense or base running. Massive risk, and you can already see the cracks in the armor. So, And I don't mean this year, because he did great in the WBC. I mean last year. So, you know, saying that, you know, he's not a thing anymore is kind of a hot take right now with him coming off the numbers that he's been putting up in the WBC. Um, but that's what we are, hot take. So there you go. Um, Justin Turner, off the list. Yeah, right? <laughs> Justin Turner, off the list. Uh, he's had a very slow decline that I thought, you know, for at least half a second would be able to be stopped by the fact that the American League isn't really familiar with him. And he's a righty who's a pull hitter playing in Boston with the Green Monster, but he just looks cooked. Maybe he'll hit lefties. Um, Alejandro Kirk, he was a guy who there have been people who really tried to convince me on 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 you know the sustainability of someone who's five foot eight and three hundred pounds at catcher, uh, still being able to hit for power and as a righty, mind you. So um it would be really nice to see. Is not possible. I don't think it is. I don't think it's even like a. Oh well, it, it, this is an exception. I don't think anyone who's five foot eight, three hundred pounds, a right-handed hitting catcher. I don't see that player hitting for power that is usable at the big league level. And he did great when the league didn't know him last year. The hard hit percentage was insane, but most of the numbers came from about a. 30 game sample size in the middle of the season where in massive sample sizes, both before and after that period, his slugging percentage was in the mid three hundreds. So yeah, clearly off the list. Elahiris Montero. I love guys who swing a lot, but given the type of progression that he went through at triple a, I think that there's going to be a period of time that he's going to have to adapt to the big leagues. Now being a Colorado Rocky, He's got all the reasons in the world to be able to make that adaption. But you are looking at a guy who, if he doesn't adapt, is just going to hit lefties. So risk, risk, risk. Uh, he's off the list. Um, we have Brennan Davis, who is off the list. He never should be in AAA. He should still be in AA. And I don't know if he's going to uh, be good enough to ascend past that. The injuries have kind of muddied things. And the level of defense and the level of exit velocity and how he does have an eye at the plate, I think, has tainted people's idea of who he is. Is he going to be a big leaguer? Probably. Is he going to be, you know, a very impact everyday guy? He might be a guy who hits lefties and plays really good center field defense at the bottom of your lineup. So you could win a championship with that, but similar to McNeil, they're supplementary pieces. They're not the type that are the true difference makers. They, they support them. Um, Edmund Arroyo, uh, too much risk with the lack of power and too far down in the minors. Um, this is a really good one. Andreas Jimenez, 
I got to watch Andreas Jimenez throughout the minors. And every year I got a good look at him, every single year, in person, mind you. What he did in his first year was incredibly lucky as far as balls in play go. He doesn't have that degree of power. Uh, he never has. Um, now, it's cool to believe it because he can make good defensive plays. He's a pretty decent base runner. He's left-handed. You know, he's got things that would like that would make you like to see him succeed. You know, he's got those things going for him. He just doesn't have the power. Doesn't have the power. Um, that's kind of the whole deal with Cleveland. Is Cleveland's going to understand very fast that exit velocity actually does matter. Most of their players do not – they're not going to be able to hit for power. And this is a team that has basically the same group of players as they did a year ago when they won the division. So when the league doesn't know you, you can hit for power with contact. But when the league does, they'll see it's going to happen this year and it's going to shock them how they're not going to win the division and really come close. Um, Jake Fraley, uh, too much is dependent on working the count. He's working the count too deep. I love the swing changes, but at the beginning and the end of the day, I don't, I don't think he's going to be able to use the swing changes to hit for the type of power that he'll need to kind of a tweener, um, on the right team. If he's your worst player, he's a championship player, but he's really got to be your worst player. Um, Kiermaier, the injuries plus the inability to hit for power and the inability to hit lefties most seasons, um, take him off the list. As much as, you know, I love guys who are left-handed and great defensively, who's fairly fast, um, and who, and who know how to put down a bunt, um, that's not enough to save you, you know? Um, Elijah Green, 70-grade uh, power, 70-grade speed. Some people say 80-80, but there's just not enough hit tool. He's a righty. You know, I don't know how – I don't know how graceful he is in the outfield versus just how fast he is. He might be one of those guys that's just so unbelievably strong, maybe should have stuck to football or something like that, you know. Uh, Brandon Mejia, another guy taken in the international draft that I would have loved to keep him in, but there's no data on him domestically. Um, so there's no way of really seeing how his offense plays in any sort of official capacity. Um, uh, Brian Anderson, too much is off lefties and too much is dependent on walks. Those walks aren't going to sustain at that level. He's walking way too much. They're going to go straight into the strikeouts. And then he's all the production that he's doing against righties fall off a cliff. And he's just going to produce versus lefties, which for a corner outfielder can work if you balance him out the right way. And he is definitely a championship caliber player. If you can balance him out with a really good lefty, given the fact that he's an 80 grade throwing arm from the outfield, similar to McNeil, similar to Jimenez, you know, these are guys and, and, and Davis similar to these guys, those guys, this is a guy you can have as a championship player, but a supplementary. So many guys that are supplementary that aren't championship quality players that are just, you know, if you just need, you know, to, to plug a spot on your championship team, you can do it with that effectively. Um, Geraldo Perdomo just doesn't have enough exit velocity for me. Even if you do change your swing mechanics, as we saw Didi did, a former Diamondback, um, it's only going to last a couple of years. And I don't think it's even going to last that long with regards to Perdomo. I think Perdomo is going to be a nice little player, nine-hole hitter who can walk, put the ball in play, a switch hitter makes the lineup balance a little bit easier, but um, I think if he's going to pan out, it's going to take years, even with the swing changes. Um, 
Colson Montgomery, um, too much of a decline on the level to level for me. It's not like he has other things in his favor, like say Jordan Lawler or uh, Marcelo Mayer, who both got worse as the levels went on, but he all, both moved three levels in a year. Um, uh, Montgomery did too, but again, he doesn't have the secondary skills that they have. Um, then you have Ji Huang Bei, unbelievably versatile, unbelievably fast, really knows how to use his wheels. Some There are people who are fast, and then there are people who know how to use their speed. They know exactly how fast they are, and they take advantage of it. They take the extra base at every opportunity, and that is him. He also knows the strike zone. The issue is I don't think he's going to be able to drive the ball. I think once the league gets wind of the fact that you just play your defenders back, I think he's going to have a very hard time um, producing. I think it's going to cut into his ability to hit for batting average, which right now he's getting a lot of uh, infield singles. So uh, he is six foot one, and he did spend basically only one year at every level of the minors. So it's not impossible that he could figure out how to hit and become a freak because with his speed, if he can hit it all, you're looking at a total freak show stuff. But if it's going to happen, it's going to be a while because he just doesn't hit the ball hard enough to have that even be on the radar right now. The things in his favor is that he moved very quickly and that he's six foot one, which is big for a speedster. And he hit at every level, just not enough for it to be like, oh, yeah, just enough for it to be just enough. He hit just enough at every level. And, you know, we also don't know what's going to happen if he repeats a league. Will he get better or will he get worse? So, again, there's no way to to put him on there realistically, even with the potential. Uh, Josh Smith, off the list. He's more of a super utility guy anyway. I like the Smith. I like the swing. I really like the swing. There's not enough bat speed to do the type of damage that he will need to do to be an everyday guy. Uh, Ian Lewis, a guy who's too far down at the lower levels of the minors. I don't know if he's going to be able to drive the ball. He needs to put on more muscle physically, and I don't know if he's capable of it. Uh, Colin Barber, there's just not enough data. There's just not enough data. Um, his first year, they moved him straight up to high A, which is awesome. I mean, the fact that he moved that quickly and also responded that quickly is, is a fairly big deal. But everything that he was doing was based off of working the count. And the type of power that he was hitting for was more doubles power. And I realized, because I saw him, you know, in, um, it's not exactly the combine, but for all intents and purposes, it's the MLB version of the combine. And this guy has a violent swing and he's going to hit balls on the nose, but he doesn't really have a swing that's conducive to lift. That's conducive to pulling the ball. So I have some severe power concerns, and also given how much he fouled pitches off, well, what happens if those pitches that he's just missing, when he goes up to double A, he's not tipping them. He's just swinging through them. Well, then the walks go straight into the strikeouts. There's not enough power to support the profile in that case. He wouldn't be getting pitches to hit at that point. So given that amount of risk, um, there's a lot of players that are like him that could be put on the list you know, that are clearly not. Does he have the potential? Yes. Is he with the right organization? Yes, he's with Houston. Um, but it's not enough of a for sure thing to me to to be confident in picking him. Um, oh, here's the one that's going to bother people. Andrew Benintendi, elite defender in a corner outfield spot. Um, good base runner, not the great, great base runner he used to be. So good. Um 
you want to stay healthy. That's, that's again, good, you know. Um, no power. There's been a few hiccups that have made it seem like he was still a power hitter, um, some of it being ball-and-play success. There's been a decline in the power, and not just a decline in the power, but he's become less and less aggressive, working the count to get to, again, less and less power. Can he change? Absolutely. At his age, he could just do a complete approach change, say, damn the torpedoes, take all the strikeouts, and start pulling the ball like a maniac. But it's a complete approach change, a complete approach change that most players never do, even though he could, in theory, and he'd be successful at it if he really committed. Uh, he's he's off the list. You know, I hate to say it because, you know, he's a, he's a guy who is young and he's got all these different abilities, but it's going to require swing slash approach change. Uh, is it in the cards? Yeah. Could it take multiple years of not being good? Absolutely. Could it never happen at all? 100%. So that's why he's off the list. Um, again, these are all probability plays. You know, and if, if the things go down, it'll take multiple years. So, you know, in, term, in terms of probability, it's like, you know, multiple years. Well, then what happens in those multiple years? What if they get worse? You know what I mean? Um, so if, if there's that much question on whether they're going to be able to perform moving forward, off the list. Um, Christian Encarnacion Strand. He, I worry about him being able to hit at the higher levels a little bit. Um, he does have severe levels of power, which, you know, if he ends up making this pan out, you're looking at 30, 35 home runs. There is risk that he'll only hit lefties. But with as strong as he is, it'll probably still look like 5% above league average, 35%, you know, 5% above league average versus righties, 35% above league average versus lefties. So he's still a big league profile, but I, I doubt he's going to hit lefties. Um, you'll still get probably two, 20 home runs out of that profile, but again, doubt he hits lefties. Um, Ethan Solace. Solace is a 16-year-old catching prospect. I have not seen him play domestically. He gets incredible uh, scouting reports, but he's a kid. I don't even love the swing that much. He gets incredible reviews. Oh, best catching prospect in years. I need to see it. I need to see it either visually by my own measures or I need to see it performance-wise because defensively, he's a wizard. He could be Yadier Molina defensively, but if you don't hit enough to be Yadier Molina, you won't be Yadier Molina. So there's not enough assurances there. Uh, Andrew Vaughn rushed to the big leagues, which sometimes impacts development. He still doesn't quite look like a big leaguer. He's still mainly producing versus lefties. Not, you're never going to be a, a, a great defender or a great impact on the bases. In fact, he's probably going to be a terrible base runner for his whole career. But as a righty who's called up that quick, I need to see some sort of uh, measurable uh, changes that will allow for that swing to hit righties, or at least the performance to show that he's going to hit righties. Until then, he's just another righty power hitter who mainly succeeds off of lefties. Um, Greg Jones, the strikeouts at the higher levels are a little bit too worrisome for me when you factor in his age. He's not exactly an incredible defender, although he could be, given his speed. Um, um, uh, let's see. Um, who else is off the list? Um, we have Jackson Churio. 
Again, strikeouts, lower levels of the minors, strikeouts are a bit of a concern. Plus, there is data out there that dispels a lot of what scouting reports love about him. The potential is still for him to be like a Ronald Acuna, but the level of risk in the way is significantly higher than I think most most prospect evaluators either want to acknowledge or know of. Um, James Wood. Now, James Wood and both Ellie De La Cruz both came off the list for the same exact reason. They're both physical specimens who hit the ball unbelievably hard, run like deers, and I can understand why they're considered to be such high-level prospects. However, there are very few big leaguers, either currently or historically, who succeed with a level of gravity, that high of a level of gravity, center of gravity, sorry, that high of a center of gravity. Their legs, both of those guys' legs are so long that it interrupts their ability to rotate to different portions of the zone. Their their hips get locked up and they end up leaning too far. Um, Now, I don't think that that's as much the case for either of them right now. Wood just played in high A and uh, Ella De La Cruz played in double A. But what we're seeing from Ella De La Cruz is we're already seeing the strikeouts. He's already striking out over 30% of the time. Now, uh, personally, I, I think, do they have potential? Maybe, you know, there's always a, a possible Jason Hayward situation. He's one of those guys who's a very high center of gravity. Um, but you can see how it jams his swing too. Um, I think that at the higher levels, Wood and Ellie De La Cruz are going to get exposed. Could they be big leaguers just based off of their strength? Sure. But how long could they be big leaguers? What type of impacts could they be as big leaguers? The ceiling is the roof for both of them, but there's not a lot of historical precedent for bodies like that succeeding at the big league level. Um, Cam Collier, or, or Collier, um, this is a guy who, does he have the contact skill? His swing shows it. Does he have the physicality? Yeah. Does he have the ability to drive the ball? Well, his physicality and the contact say that he should. But the swing that he has is not really it, – it, it's like a swing from a different era. You know, it, it's not really the type of swing that we usually see these days. It's not about getting an angle. It's not about, you know, cutting through the ball and driving it. It's solely about bringing the back the bat directly to the ball. That's, that's the entire swing mechanic. It doesn't really utilize very much back shoulder, which is that that's your power shoulder. Could he get it to, could he pull it off? Absolutely. Is it easy to pull that off? No, you have to have really, really clean swing mechanics. Like say Ken Griffey Jr. Did. Um, I don't think he has junior level swing mechanics. And at his level, I mean, he's a 17 year old that really classified so that he could be drafted earlier. Um, I'm going to need to see, I'm going to need to see it. I'm going to need to see, you know, uh, whether that swing can play um, in the minors, let alone high minors. Um, Christopher Morrell, another guy who uh, taking Christopher Morrell and Ezekiel Tovar, another one I took off the list and taking Joey Weimer off the list. I took them off the list for all the same reason. All three of those people are an unbelievably 
physically strong human beings. They can run like a deer. If you look at their sprint speed, they have some of the highest sprint speed in the majors and minors. Um, can they hit the ball insanely hard? Yes, both of them. Duran, uh, uh, Morell, and in the minors, Weimer have some of the highest exit velocities in baseball. But if you're a right-handed hitter, you don't really have too much to offer defensively, and you strike out through the moon, then maybe your skill is just being really, really strong. And that's not enough to project out a baseball career, especially from a bunch of righties. All three of them are. Um, Bryce Terang. It took him time to adapt to AAA. He's being moved across three different positions right now at the big league level. He does have good exit velocity numbers in the minors. I think that it might take a couple of years for him to adapt to the big leagues. I certainly hope he does. He's a very solid all-around ball player. Um, but I've seen guys like this, you know, go the way of J.P. Crawford, where you're dealing with a guy who's an everyday shortstop at the big league level, but you're not dealing with, you know, someone who is really going to be an impactful middle-of-the-order type guy. Um, Shea Langiers, that one hurt. I like catchers who are high energy, who motivate the pitchers, who get the game going, but I think he's only going to hit lefties. I think that there's risk that he doesn't even do that because he was called up very quickly. Um, and if you're not going to be a good base runner, obviously, and you know, if I have Shea Langiers being on the list because he can maybe hit lefties, then I have to have Christian Vasquez on the list. Then I have to have Alejandro Kirk on the list. We have to open the floodgates to basically any catcher who's adequate defensively and can hit a lefty. So being well-rounded, he's got to come off. Um, especially as someone who has rushed through the minors. Um, Anthony Rendon, he finally came off. I noticed there, there's a very subtle decline that coincides with him needing to work the count deeper. And then in the last two years, he's been hit even harder than he's ever been hit by injuries. And it's not like he didn't have an injury risk, like, you know, even while he was in his prime. I think all of these things coincide, especially with the fact that he's a right-handed hitter. Um to take him off the list. It, it sucks, you know, but you know, uh, a, a king has his reign and then he dies. It is inevitable to quote uh, Prometheus. Um, yeah, that's an interesting quote. That, that's a, that's a movie Prometheus and alien covenant. A lot of people rip on, on, on both of those movies. I would love to just break down those movies because the movie's not about what you think it is, but we'll get into that on its own, its own one. Well, it'll be out there. Um, Spencer Torkelson, similar to Andrew Vaughn, rushed through the minors. Big ability to hit, but he needs to show it. You know, it needs to have any sort of – the closest that we've gotten is that he has a very elevated hard hit rate. But we've seen, we've seen across the board that there are a lot of people who have hard hit rates who don't really make anything of it. Um, not to say that he won't. He was regarded as one of the best bats to ever come out of the draft. He was an ASU guy right out here, big time power. And at certain levels, lower levels specifically, I really liked his swing mechanics, but at the higher levels, it was harder for him to pull the ball. And you could see that he was going to be more of a guy that hits lefties. That's where they should have left him in the minors. Let him to let, let him round that swing into shape versus righties down there. Now he's going to have to do it at the big league level. Is he going to? I think it's highly possible long term. But the other side of it is a guy who 
has no base running value, doesn't really have defensive value or positional value, who's a righty, has power, sure, but with that swing mechanic, will only hit lefties. That is, that's a low-end platoon guy if nothing works out there. Um, that's way too big of a risk for me. Now, is it possible that he ends up at least being Reese Hoskins? Absolutely, but Hoskins isn't even on here either. So, um, Yvonne Herrera had one of the highest exit velocities on a single hard-hit ball when he was a teenager. It really apparently shocked uh, the, the folks over at Fangraphs because they hadn't seen teenagers who could hit the ball that hard. But uh, as he's ascended through the minors, the defense has kind of become adequate. Obviously, the base running is not there with that catcher. And I don't know if he's going to be able to drive the ball consistently enough versus righties to be a big league everyday catcher. It looks like he's probably going to be in a platoon with somebody who's a lefty catcher, which does not work with the Cardinals because they've got Contreras back there. He's probably going to be a trade chip. Um, a good one at that because, you know, he still has that prospect shine. And he still hits the ball hard. Um, but given that he's not an impact defender, obviously not an impact base runner, and that there may be risk with him hitting for the ability of power, uh, let alone with his ability to hit righties. Um, if Langiers is not on the list, he's not on the list. And similarly, Kapusano is not on the list. I can literally just describe Kapusano in the same way that I just described Devon Herrera, just replace the team, and they're the same player. So we can skip straight over him. So yeah, Kapusano. Um, Tommy Edmond. I really wanted Tommy Edmond to show up on the list. One of the fastest guys in the majors. Elite defensive second baseman moving over to shortstop, but the guy's got no power. He's working the count, and he's still got no power. There's a little bit of hope because he's a switch hitter, but usually when you're talking about switch hitters having hope, they have the ability to drive the ball at least a little bit. You know, get both swings working at the same time, and now you get to drive the ball. Well, there's no power here. Even if he works the count, I, I doubt that he's going to drive the ball any more than he would if he's aggressive. I think being a switch hitter, which will eventually make him patient as the year goes on, might be a detriment to him. He needs to put the ball on the ground and run, use his legs to get on base. Um, but you know, the Cardinals are the Cardinals. They'll find something to do with him to make him useful. He is a championship player. You probably want him as the nine hole guy though. Turn the lineup over with one of the fastest guys in the majors. Um, Christian Walker. Oh, that hurt. Oh, that hurt. Taking Christian Walker off. Dude hit like 35 home runs for the diamondbacks last year. One gold glove. I mean, he's stays healthy every year. He's a lefty masher. That's what he is. He's an elite defensive first baseman. He's a lefty masher. There's nothing particularly wrong for that. He's still going to hit 20 homers a year, but I want my first baseman to hit righties and lefties, even if they're a great defender. So sadly, he had to come off. And it doesn't really surprise me. You know, Chris Davis, or not Chris Davis, <laughs> Christian Walker, sorry, Christian Walker, he he changed his swing mechanics. That's why Christian Walker ended up doing better than I thought he was going to. But it seems like changing the swing mechanics wasn't enough to fix all the issues. So he's back to only hitting lefties, and um, I think that's just who he is. Nothing wrong with it. You know, you put someone who's a middle-of-the-order guy versus righties right next to him, and you're in business. Um, perfect five-hole hitter right there. But as a guy who is playing first base, I'd want to. I I would not be okay with him being my first baseman unless I had other players to compensate for it. Um, then I'd probably be fine, but ha you're dependent on other players. You're not dependent on his own value. Um, you're dependent on compensating for what he doesn't do well and taking advantage of what he does by doing that. That's not what I want, okay? Um, Carson Williams strikes out a little bit too much. Um, 
potentials there to be insane. He was a two-way player, shortstop and pitcher. Um, but the strikeouts are a little bit too much. Can he curb the strikeouts with his athleticism, given the fact that he's not doing both pitching and hitting? Absolutely, but I need to see it. Um, it's not easy to just curb the strikeouts with more effort. Um, routinely, it, it requires swing changes and a different offseason of workouts and a lot of things that ball players are habitual. A lot of them don't want to change these things. Uh, Manuel Margot. Um, I don't know if he can consistently play the level of defense in center field that he used to, given how much he's been used in right. Um, I don't think that there's any ability to drive the ball here. I've, I've had people try to convince me that, oh, well, he was doing good and then he got hurt, but I've never really been convinced on the bat. I don't think that he drives through the ball enough. I think he's very much about utilizing the opposite field gap, which in this era, now that there's no shift, there's people there. You know, it's not like things are shifted over or anything. So I, I, I don't, I don't think he's going to hit. Will he hit lefties? Sure. It's probably why Tampa Bay is still playing him. Plus the speed and corner outfield defense. Um, he's also not getting paid a ton. Um, and is he a championship player? Again, if you compensate for him, he absolutely you could bat him ninth. Um, but you know, again, it's he's an additional. It's not the cause, if you will. Um, and possibly a type of guy who you'll have to compensate with by having specific, you know, difference makers um, instead of just difference makers in general. Um, ha Song Kim. That's a guy who's literally riding the edge of the list. He may be back on the list by the next time we talk. Um, CJ Abrams, another guy who's got the speed similar to Edmund. He's a lefty. He doesn't have Edmund's defense, but he is a shortstop. If he moved to second, he'd probably have Edmonds defense, but there's no ability to hit the ball for power. Is he young enough where he could gain that ability? Absolutely. But he's hidden for so little power right now that I, I can't invest. I cannot invest because what if it just never comes? With profiles like that, it happens. Um, Kyle Stowers, he came off the list, strikes out just a little bit too much for as low of a uh, – WRC plus as he gets. If he was striking out that much, WRC plus, that was at least 140, but 130 flat does not work. Especially if you compensate for the fact that he's a patient profile. That plays down 125, you know? Probably not going to hit lefties with that strikeout. So what? One skill player. Um, not that he doesn't have value. Put him in a platoon. Baltimore needs corner outfielders. You put him with Santander, and that works. Santander does not do well versus righties. He's league average, okay? So maybe okay versus righties. But he lights up lefties. So a Stowers, Santander, platoon, maybe they'll do that. Um, Teoscar Hernandez also think that moving forward, he's only going to hit lefties. There's nothing wrong with that. Just balance him out, which right now Seattle doesn't have the pieces to do. They're balancing out a righty who doesn't hit righties with another righty who doesn't hit righties in Suarez. At least, at least Ty France is going to hit righties. Um, Diego Cartaya, not only is he a righty hitter who offers no base running as a catcher, but he works the count and swings and misses way too much for me to com be comfortable with the offensive profile given the risks elsewhere. Um, Colt Keith. He hit really well in high A, but if that's all you are, a, a bat who hit well in high A, that's not even double A. That doesn't qualify. Um, is the potential for you to hit in double A and get called straight up to the big leagues because you're polished? Absolutely, but you haven't hit double A. 
for a player who's only bat first, who's not bat first because, oh, look at these. He's hitting the ball a country mile. He's Polish. He's a polished player. If you're based off of polish, not off of tools, I can't put you on the list if you're not even hitting in double A. Um, Tyler Stevenson. This is one that hurt me because he's he, is he able to play catcher? Yeah. Does he have contact issues? No. Is he big and physical? Yeah. So if you can play catcher and make contact and you're big and physical, you'd assume that the power would come come in at some point. It's going to require a swing change. The power is just non-existent. And while he can play catcher, he's not a good catcher. Plus, I mean, he's not the worst catcher, but he's not good either. He's not a good base runner. And there is more and more evidence that's showing that he's probably going to be more of a threat versus lefties than anyone else. So if I'm taking guys like Campusano and Herrera and Shea Langiers off the list for similar reasons, being a righty catcher who may not hit for power um, or you may not hit enough in general, you know, because I Herrera might hit for power, but he's got no defense. Same thing with Campusano, no defense. If they're only going to hit lefties, that's not enough. And I think it's a similar thing with Stevenson. I think he's only going to toast lefties. And there's not enough defense or base running for that to just be a thing. You know, at least Trevino is going to be an elite defender and he's not on the list because he can't hit. So um, Kevin Alcantara, now, this is a guy that could prove me entirely wrong. He could straighten up like one thing with his swing mechanics and put on muscle given his skinny frame. And I could be completely wrong and he could be, he, he could make me look stupid here. Um, but given that he is six foot seven and that he worked the count to hit to in play power, not out of play power, I'm going to need to see the performance be out of play, not just in play. Um, and as a right-handed hitter who's already got the size concerns and hasn't really figured out yet how to fully pull the ball, um, although when he has, it's looked beautiful, um, there's too much risk here. There's too much uh, distance from the big leagues. Um, Adele Amador, I had him on here for a bit, and I realized a lot of what he's doing is because he's got a good hit tool and that he's working the count. I don't think he's going to be able to work the count at the higher levels of the minors. I think the hit tool is going to drop, and I don't think he has the power to back it up. A big part of his value is the fact that he's a 70 hit tool by prospect's eyes. He's got 40 power. So if that 70 hit tool ends up boosting the 40 to a 50 power and it drops to like a you know a 55 hit tool, a 55 hit tool with a 50 power, maybe you got an everyday guy there, but he's not really – that's the ceiling in my opinion. The floor is someone who doesn't even make the big leagues. I think a lot of it also, you know, people are getting excited because he's a Rocky. He comes up through their system with a hit tool. The ballpark will compensate for power. So I think there's a little bit of hype there that is unwarranted, that is attributable more to the big league ballpark than to the player. Um, Castellanos, there's been a very small, very, very small, subtle decline there. And it's all kind of hitting him all at once. It hit him last year, and it's continuing into this year. He's going to toast lefties. and He's going to show up in big moments versus everyone. But he's going to start having problems versus righties. The swing speed is starting to slow down. And with swing mechanics like that, like we're seeing with, you know, J.D. Martinez, and hopefully we're not seeing Chris Bryant, but we might be. Um, once the bat speed goes just a little bit, it's like falling off of a cliff, especially with an aggressive guy. And I think that that's what's really hurting Castellanos. 
Um, I think the aggression is making his decline happen faster. Because Chris Bryant is a little bit more patient. Um, and he's younger than J.D. Martinez, who made this work for years off of patience. So until Castellanos can find a way to become less of an aggressive hitter, which he's been aggressive his whole career, um, for the period that he's still trying to figure that out, he's not going to hit righties. Now, I could say the same thing is going on with Javier Baez, where he's going through a period of time where he's not going to hit righties. And Baez stays on the list because Baez is an elite defensive shortstop who can run the bases like a madman. Castellanos, for all intents and purposes, is a DH playing right field, one of the worst defensive corner outfielders in the entire game. So it's not like he has those other skills to back up on. If Castellanos comes out the other side of this, similar to Vaughn, similar to Torkelson as a right-handed hitter, He'll jump back on, but the level of risk is way too high as someone who only does one skill and is failing at it right now. All right, last couple ones. Kyle Schwarber, uh, I think he's entirely mistake dependent. I think a lot of his numbers over the last couple of years, it sucks. It sucks. I, you know, I was thinking about it, right? If you look at his numbers last year, yeah, right, right? If you look at his numbers last year, the first month of the season, he did good. Then he evens out to about a league average player. And then right before the all-star break, he goes nuts again and then comes out of the all-star break and he's an exceedingly average player. And then right before the end of the season, he goes off again. This is a guy who's exceedingly average offensively unless it's crunch time. He has no defensive value. He, 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 he is mainly a mistake hitter even when he's hitting. Walks or power. Um, if that's all you do and – the only times you perform is like heading into the all-star break or, or near the end of the season. I'm not interested. There is a subtle decline going on as well, but knowing that that's kind of what he's turned himself into the last couple of years, my hope is this. If you take Kyle Schwarber out of left field, you move him to DH or you move him to first base, that he'll concentrate on building back up his lower body. His lower body in the outfield is not conducive to hitting for power. If he can build up his lower body in a way that allows it to help him hit for power, he's a 50 homer guy, 50, maybe 55, but I, I don't see it happening. You know, he's been in the big leagues for years. He's been in the big leagues for long enough to know that he is a okay outfielder that like, okay, you've made yourself from a catcher into an okay outfielder. Like, Focus on the bat now. It's like it's almost as if he wants to go from being an okay outfielder to be a plus outfielder and not care about anything else offensively but walks or the occasional bomb. Be an absolute waste of his offensive talent. But it seems like that's what's going on. It seems like he's going to be a guy who has a career of being a lefty who walks and hit homers, and that's it. That's it. Um some teams got to like trade for him to put him at first. I mean, I, they're going to put Harper at first with Philly, so he's not going to go there. Castellanos is a guy who should be at first. Schwarber. I mean, they, Phillies are in a weird spot. Um, all right. Lastly, these are going to be a couple ones that hurt me. Um, Jose Abreu. The time has come. You know, the 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 bell has rung. Uh, it is. It's the end. Um, on one side, it makes me sad because finally he's gotten out of a team that has a bad clubhouse into a team that has a good clubhouse, you know, and he did sign a multi-year deal. So he's going to be playing with 
the same team. So it's not like he's out of the game and that team's going to be really good. He's with the Astros. Um, but he's cooked. It, it, it sucks to say. It sucks to say he's cooked. Will he hit in big moments? Damn straight. Will he hit lefties? Damn straight. Um, that's about it. I think the biggest sign was last year when his numbers disappeared versus the fastball. He was one of the worst hitters in the big leagues versus the fastball. Um, I think he's cooked. I, now, the good news for me as a Yankee fan is that Houston's dumped a whole bunch of money into him. Um, and they're going to be stuck with him for a bit. Um, but I think, you know, the time has come. Um, then we have Curtis Mead. Curtis Mead has hit at every level of the minors, but he's also worked the count deeper to hit at every level of the minors. As a right-handed hitter, I think that when he goes up to the next level, the big leagues, the strikeout rate and the walk rate are going to increase again. And as a right-handed hitter, that's likely going to limit his effectiveness to lefties. Um, and if you look at his, you know, his, you break down the, the statistics in the minors, he hit lefties a lot more than he hit righties last year. So given that he's a high probability platoon player, even if he's a high probability everyday big leaguer, that's not enough to succeed. If he changes his swing mechanics, maybe you got something. Because he's such a natural hitter. But the fact that he's working the count deeper every single level is insanely worrisome. Because what happens if the big league velocity is such that the walks go straight into the strikeouts? Then you're not even looking at like in any sort of way an everyday guy. No way would a team do that. Um He's, Tam- he's with Tampa Bay, so he'll probably figure something out. But right now, being a guy who works the count deeper every single year, um, every single level, not about it. Um, last two, Ozzie Albies. I think that a lot of his offense in the last few years has been fairly fluky because he's so damn fast. He's not as fast as he was. And I think pitchers have kind of figured out a lot about his approach. Um, which I think it, it's kind of been detrimental to him that he's a switch hitter. If he just decided to bat from his strong side and just commit to that, I think the offense could come back. But his lefty swing mechanics are not workable at all. And if he bats from the righty, maybe may, maybe his swing mechanics would work, but he won't have handedness advantage. And he doesn't have the physicality to drive the ball, even if he has good swing mechanics from that side. Um, so he's off the list in his current version. I mean, he's not that different than Tommy Edmond. Both are second basemen who are switch hitters, who are very good defenders, who can run the bases like madmen. But Edmund at least can still run, um, well, at least like a madman. It's not like Albies can't run, but he's not on the level that he was. Um, and lastly, Noel V. Marte put on 35 pounds, 25 pounds of muscle before last season. And he did pretty good throughout the minors before looking absolutely gassed and tired in the Arizona Fall League, which either something's going on with his profile or he was tired. It seemed like he was tired. Um, the worry is that he has a hard time versus the righty fastball, right-handers who throw 95-plus. And as a right-handed hitter, you can see where there's a little bit of hitch in the swing. So he's going to have to do some you know, fairly severe you know, mechanic changes, not – that like, like, let me put it this way. Of anyone who's capable of making mechanics changes, he would be. Because when he gets into one the right way, his swing is beautiful. But given the fact that he struggles versus velocity, um, I need to see him make that change. He, he did put on a lot of muscle, you know? And it's good to see that, you know, he's, he's working his way through the, the, the lower levels. 
But on the other side of this is a guy who can only hit lefties. Now, could he do more than that? Absolutely. Could he change a couple of things with the way that he swings so that he's able to hit, you know, velocity better? Sure. But he just put on 35 pounds of muscle, 25 pounds of muscle. So if that didn't allow him to hit righties, you see what I'm saying? It's, it's not really the probability of him hitting righties is not good if just putting on 25 pounds of muscle is not going to do it in, in high A. You know, that's high A. Um, so those are – oh, and, and Taylor Ward. Taylor Ward as well. Um, I think he's one of those guys that the league didn't know him last year and he went off in the first month. I think he's changed his approach, so he's going off in the first month again. I think he's going to be another one of those guys that only hits lefties. Hits for a lot of power, but only hits lefties. So all of those guys off the list, that's a huge number of players. But you can understand how so many of these guys are basically within the same tier. They're so alike. So that is the update for the list. Um definitely keep your eye out because over the next week or so, we are going to be shifting things up. We're going to be doing some content on Marvel. And uh, we'll also, obviously as the season goes on, we will be updating you with any sort of changes that go on with the list. Um, you know, hopefully we can get the list down to, you know, a 150 soon. 165 isn't that far away. Um, and the next goal there is a little bit bigger. It's uh, 125. Um, the final goal really being 100, but you know, I don't know if that's even possible. So we'll definitely update you guys uh, based off of what's going on during the season. Um, maybe severe injuries get in the way or something, but um, we're going to be shifting. We're going to be shifting a little bit. We're going to be doing some Marvel content. We're going to be talking a little bit about star Wars. Um, so definitely check out our content on that. And as always, Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. See you next time.